Hello and welcome to The King Show. I'm your host, Mark Neesman, and you are sitting in on some candid conversations where I fought to get into the presence of high-performing male leaders who are maximizing their potential and mastering success in all areas of life, business and life. And honestly, not that we're here looking for tips or, or business strategies or anything of the sort. We're really just looking for the principles that help, that help guide them, that help them to continue to maximize their potential and mass success, continue to level up time and time again. And today is no different from any other day. I am sitting here with a phenomenal gentleman across the side from me, Rob Penapinto, who is a civil, engineer, a civil entrepreneur, civic entrepreneur, <laughs> I might right. have to change that, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to allow him to share a little bit about his life, share a little bit about his testimony, and we're going to dive into a few topics that I really believe are going to intrigue you and maybe set some paradigm shifts for how you go about living life. So wow, tune no, in. No pressure. I know, right? None at all. I mean, you've been doing it at a high level, so this shouldn't be... This shouldn't be anything, man. This should be a cinch. Mm. Tell us a little bit about you. What's something interesting? Well, I told you this when I walked in. First of all, I want to thank you. This is the first time I've worn a sport jacket yeah. since February. Right. I think. So I got my Valentine's sport jacket and my Halloween mask. Right. And I, so I feel like I'm I'm taking steps back to normal, which is a good uh, which is a good a good thing. So I will tell you that the 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 civic entrepreneur thing, it came from uh, someone who's a dear mentor of mine, a man named Jacob Stewart, who ran the uh, Chamber of Commerce here in Orlando for, oh gosh, probably close to maybe you know, 30, 35 years, and, and really someone who understood the role of, of business in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he coined that phrase, and it, it, it just means someone who tries to apply entrepreneurial thinking to challenges that communities face. And I, and I, I thought that was, that was great, something I was happy to, to borrow. So I said, you mind if I use that? And he said, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. When I introduce you, I I say when you when you think of Rob, think of the heart of nonprofit and the mind of Fortune 500. Thanks. I mean, I get I get. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. So uh, and I try, you know, I think even if you look at what I'm doing professionally right now, a lot of it is is tied to, to community. So so right now I'm wearing a, a couple of different hats professionally, uh, maybe a few too many, uh, actually, and a lot of them are definitely around, around entrepreneurship. So I'm, I'm currently co-director at uh, the UCF incubator system and, and that's working with early stage companies that are different incubators to help them grow and scale. I particularly focus in our innovation districts, which is where we're looking at companies that are largely in the tech space in very specific verticals that fit the, the types of jobs the community, the community wants to create and also fit some of the strengths of the talent inside of the university. So I, um, I do that. I started a company with a partner earlier this year called Forge Green Bio, which actually is helping, uh, again, emerging technologies and, and solutions that are science-based, largely sustainable to, to meet what I think is a real paradigm shift in how people think about the, the cleanliness of, of public, public spaces. So. Uh, we work with companies that have um, uh, UV technology, botanical disinfectants, um, uh, antimicrobial lights. I, I think that's similar how 9-11 changed how we think about think about travel. I, I do think one of the things about COVID, you and I were talking about some of the after effects before the show. I, I think that there's a really a big change coming in how we view being in a room like this and getting on planes and, and lots of other things. Um, and it's a way for us to help, again, some early stage companies uh, get connectivity and, and, and distribution. Um, and then I run a, um, a social venture fund here in town called the EIA Social Enterprise Fund, which is tied to an accelerator that I helped start called Rally, yeah. uh, which actually is taking applications right now through November 16th, if anyone wants to put, put an application in. It's a, great, uh, it's a great program. And we help both not-for-profit and for-profit social enterprises uh, grow and scale. And if they are a for-profit, our fund will look at investing in them. And we've made We've made three investments, three investments so far. And uh, then on the community side, I sit on uh, several boards, most tied to uh, entrepreneurial work and, and growth and growth in the economy. Um, but I'm also very involved in an initiative through the Central Florida Foundation where I'm the past chair 
to help a very entrepreneurial idea to try to raise uh, some private funding to incent the development of affordable housing in our community, which I think is 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 a real challenge to yeah. our future growth. This is this is a really expensive place. I mean, to uh, to rent or to own, and um, really a challenge that that hopefully we can we can address. So yeah, I didn't realize how much my house was worth because <laughs> I hadn't looked, but. Which is great, which I is know. great if you own it, right? right? I mean, because home ownership is definitely a path to wealth and, and, and an important an important component of that. But but a lot of people in our a third of the a third of our renters in this community pay almost uh, half of their income in rent. Crazy. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's a real challenge. Absolutely. So that's what I'm doing. No, man, that that is. And as you can see, um, like I told you, that that is powerful. Um, if you look, if you're tuning into this online, please. Um, send some messages below and ask any questions that you want to ask. But um, obviously, I have a few, and that I think that the first is, you know, how how do you sustain mentally with everything that you have going on? What's what's the mindset? Well, again, right now I think I may be juggling a few too many things. So so, it, but again, as we said before the show, it's interesting to some extent. You can I find myself I can actually be a little more productive right now because I'm. I'm not commuting. I'm not traveling, and and you know I, I'm honest. I'm you know I'm focused. I've got a real routine in the morning. I I, could, I, I get up. I have a cup of coffee. I'll, I'll generally get a workout in. I'll talk to my wife and my daughter before she heads off, and then I'm you know I'm pretty much you know I'm pretty much going and and going for the day. Um, here's how I try to look at it. I, I try to look at it right now like juggling, and the difference between juggling eggs and juggling balls. And the good news is if, I, if I'm juggling balls and a ball drops, what's going to happen? The ball bounces back. Right? No harm, no foul. You drop an egg, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to crack. So, so really what I try to do is to make sure as I'm really looking where I'm focused, the most important things, the eggs, I got to make sure they don't, they don't drop. And that's, that's really the approach I take. Um, mentally, I'm a real active mind person. And so for a long time, I didn't think I had the ability to meditate because I didn't think I could quiet my mind for even <laughs> 30 seconds. But actually, I, I started earlier in the year, yeah. and it helps. Powerful. It really is. I, I, I do it mid-morning pretty much every day, 10 minutes, and it, uh, it, does, it, it, does, it does help. Um, and I think for folks with active minds, that, that ability to just sort of step away uh, even for short periods of time, and I know there's been lots of books and studies that prove that to be the case. That's been true for me as well. And um, you know, even again, just just getting up and taking a walk, and and you know, being physically active and working out. I think all those things, all those things help because you know, two, you know, when you're doing several things like that, and this is true in any entrepreneurial businesses, for example. I mean, you're you're always you know, the expression is your cheap cook and bottle washer. So you're you're bouncing from thing to thing. And that switch sometimes is hard. So, you know, even if you could schedule your meetings, give yourself a five-minute break in yeah. between just to pivot your thinking. Um, I, I find that really helps and makes you much more, much more productive. Time management. Yeah, listen, you got you to gotta manage. Yeah, you got to manage your time. But more importantly, you got you to gotta really manage. the. It's really that, that whole, you know, is it urgent, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and probably, yeah, you got to really, you know, that whole, um, Stephen Covey's square there. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it? You know? Is it really something that you need to focus on right now? And I think what is it? Delegate, uh, 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 delegate. Uh, do some long lines of do it right now. Um, put it off on the back burner. Is it? Yeah, the urgent and important. Those. Mm -hmm. are, if it's urgent and important, focus on it now. Mm -hmm. If it's not both of those things, then just prioritize it appropriately. Absolutely. All right, let's have a real candid conversation, man to man here. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a man? Sure, right? Are you successful at being a man? And that question is one that hangs up a lot of people and it make, make you question right now. And that's a good thing. It's in fact the reason that I wrote this book, The Four Stages of Manhood. This book has been changing lives, countless lives now at this point, and that's how I'm able to get it before you right now. My students use it. I'm the founder of the Academy of Kings Preparatory School, which you probably didn't know, but even my students use it. They're getting great results in their home, in their lives. And I wanna offer that same thing to you. Listen, it, it, it's a real conversation, okay? No one is telling you who you are or what you should be doing with your time. Everyone has something for you to do with your money, though, right? Well, okay, how about taking something and pouring it into 
uh, a, a lane in life that you have no choice in, and that's manhood. You have no choice of whether you're going to experience manhood or whether you're going to do it. So you might as well be successful at it. And that's the opportunity that I want to present to you. Click the link below and let's have a conversation. Fix your crown. Rule the day. Is there um, right now for you, obviously, you know, um, business, family, what would you say a third is in regard to highly important things to you day to day? Well, it, it's, def it's definitely community. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, there's no doubt. As I said, even the things that I'm doing professionally, pretty much all of them are also tied to some sort of community, community impact. And, uh, and, um, and that's really what, where I want to focus focus my energy. So I've, uh, for, for me, the merging of my business life and, and its impact on the community is really important, really important to me right now. Have you seen where that, where it's caused you to like turn down opportunities? Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, listen, no doubt. I mean, so, you know, we were very blessed to, uh, sell the company that I was in for 15, 15 years at the time in 2011. And I stayed for a couple more years after that. And, and, you know, again, thank, you know, thank God, um, we did well after a lot of very hard work, right? Um, but uh, there was a lot of uh, opportunity for me right after I left to kind of go back and do the same thing again, right? Get involved in an early stage company that's growing and venture backed and all that that kind of stuff. And I, it it's just it just wasn't what I wanted to do um, because I really felt this calling that the community and life had gotten me to a certain point. It was now I was now in a position where I could. I could now give back. Mm -hmm. And so there's lots of opportunities I've turned down because they don't, they don't fit that filter that you know, really I decided back in 2013 and 14 was, was important to me, but that's okay. I mean, and, and that's been the best decision I've ever made because the opportunities that have come and the things I've gotten to do and the people I've met and the things hopefully I've impacted positively I think far exceeded than anything I would have done had I gone back and tried to, you know, help, you know, do another, do another business. And, and listen, you know, I absolutely respect the people that, that do that. We all find our own, we all find our own path, absolutely. right? As long as it's true to who you are and what you want to accomplish. For me, I just, I, I knew I wanted to be on a different path after having come, gone through that journey at, at Connections, uh, our company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess making a transition, um, in our conversation, more so around, if you don't mind, I like to focus more so around the education component of being an entrepreneur. For you, what has been um, pinnacle? I heard you mention your mentor, but yeah. is there anything else that's been? Well, I think part of it starts with a philosophy for me. First of all, I think one of the things that entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs are, they're just curious, they're curious. I about, agree. Right. And so you should always be, I, I look for people that are curious and always want to learn, mm -hmm. right? I, I, and I actually shy away from people. You know, I, I get to look at a lot of companies that may want to come into our incubator or come into our rally accelerator or, or uh, looking for investment. I, I'm in a couple of investment mm -hmm. funds. And um, the ones that, that think they're the smartest person in the room and mm -hmm. have to let everybody know they are, those are people that always make me a little bit a, a little bit nervous. I I want people who are who, uh, you know who are confident mm -hmm. and competent and believe in what they're doing, but they're also not afraid to you know expression you know you don't know what you don't know yeah. and, and you got to know that right. So I love people that are always challenging themselves and intellectually intellectually curious, and I think that's that's important. And certainly, it's been important to me, particularly since I've I've had a history of sort of jumping into things that I have not been involved for, take mm -hmm. the experience I had and jump in. And then, yeah, mentorship has been so important to me. I've been so lucky to just have multiple members. I mentioned, you know, Jacob before, the, mm -hmm. the business side, um, several people, but but certainly the, the initial founder of, uh, of Connections, who mm -hmm. uh, certainly became and continues to be a, a mentor and an influence to me. And I've had my dad. I mean, I've had, you know, so many of, of, of those people. And, and so now... Um, hopefully I can be a mentor for some folks. And in the programs that I'm working on, you know, at UCF, for example, we've built a really strong mentorship program there mm -hmm. yes. um, where we could bring in seasoned entrepreneurs to work with some of these early stage companies. I'm 
part of an organization called YPO, which is an international business uh, education organization for presidents of companies mm. of a certain size under the age of 50. Mm -hmm. You get over 50 like me, they kick you over to this <laughs> other organization called YPO Gold. Okay. Um, and I've been able to bring some of those folks in um, to help some of these early stage companies because all of them were in those shoes before and they also love giving back. So I think mentorship uh, is critical. But again, the entrepreneur has got to be willing to receive that True. mentorship, right? The ones that, that, that don't, it, you know, it's a little challenge. They, they may have a successful business, but my, my gut is they're not going to, they're not going to be able to scale it or grow it as, as large as they could because they have a hard time getting past, past themselves. Yeah, which is a go. challenge entrepreneurs entrepreneurs have you know i agree man that's i think that's i uh actually made a tweet not too long ago about the four levels of learning um um uh, man unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence uh, <laughs> conscious incompetence doesn't sound really right. good. Uh, conscious competence and uh, I'm sorry, unconscious competence and conscious competence. Yeah. So, um, pretty much, you don't know you don't know what you don't know. You come to a state where you realize that you don't know some things. You know some stuff, but not enough, and you know you finally reach a state of mastery to a degree, and you are competent and confident, you know what it is that you know. And to your point, um, I said that high-performing leaders always actually stay in stage one. They don't dwell in the places where they're su super confident. They actually go where they don't know. And Yeah, yeah. and and look, I, you know, I'm sh I, I know for sure there were times in, in my career earlier on where I probably thought I was the smartest person in the room, mm -hmm. right? And and it was only through making it was very clear at some point that I wasn't and had to <laughs> and sort of had to get past myself on some of that stuff, right? I mean, that's some of the challenge with young entrepreneurs sometimes. Um, and and sometimes it is they don't know what they don't know, or sometimes they don't want to reveal what they won't know because they think it's a sign of, of, of weakness. And if there's one thing I can tell any of the younger entrepreneurs who are out there, those of us who are looking at to the extent you're looking for mentorship or you're looking for investment, we don't view that as a sign of of weakness quite you know really quite the opposite we view it as a sign of maturity and strength and and, and growth um, that to me humility is a uh, well first of all it's something we could use a lot more of just in general, <laughs> in general right now in so many in so many ways but I think humility is a trait that is 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 underrated mm. uh, and really to me shows the character of, of of people and look again we all have egos so again I I, I don't shy away from that and and i know that in my younger years for sure hopefully less so now i had to let people know i was the smartest person in the room but it was only through those lessons and some of the hard knocks that came from that because of the things i didn't allow myself to learn until i had no choice but to yeah, learn them because yeah, yeah, they yeah. were staring me right in the face that you you know you sort of hopefully you learn and back off back off from that um, anything in particular that as far as a failure loss um, lost opportunity, anything of the nature that really rings to you or that you find yourself talking about a lot, um, specifically, specifically to younger entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think for me, the toughest part for me was after we, um, after we sold our, we, we sold our company and I was, I was basically running the, the company day to day at that time. I was president of, of the company, um, and we had just grown like crazy and, and a private, you know, someone came in and wanted to give us a fair amount of money for the company. Um, but we were pivoting and we were transitioning. And it, and it, frankly, it did mean we needed new leadership to get us on that next level. Mm. You know, again, the company that I was involved in, when I started, we were about a dozen people and, and maybe half a million dollars. Mm. When I left, we were about 250 billion, about 5,000 employees. Wow. So the journey in between, that's a long journey. And, and you need different people on the train at different times. Um, and there was a point in my career there where I didn't understand that. Mm. And I couldn't, it took me a little while to accept that that was the case. And it was, it took about a year. Wow. It took about a year and some tough conversations with, with my partners at my company and, and my mentors. Um, but when I got to the other side of that, 
it was wonderful for me personally, because I think it was probably one of the biggest personal growth periods for me, where again, you sort of get, you get past yourself a little bit and, and it makes the other challenges you face that much easier. But as a pulley, it was also, it was much better for the business because then I got into a spot where I could really help the company accelerate and grow, which is one of the owners of the company really should have been my end goal all along, right? Mm-hmm. What about me? It's about the business. It's right. always about the business right, right. in that in that type of environment. Um, so that's something that, you know, now we're talking, you know, close to 15 years ago now. Um, but for me, I think that was probably a pretty good turning point for me where you, you at, at some point I was able to see the forest for the trees and go, all right, I get, I, mm-hmm. I get this. This isn't, this isn't about me or whether I'm good or what, mm. about my performance. It has nothing really to do with that. It has to do with what the business needs to get to this next stage and who are the right people for that. Mm-hmm. And, that's okay, and that's okay. Absolutely. And if you look at most companies that are, that are invested in from you know, private equity guys, in particular, you get later stage come in, there's usually a massive change at, at, at the management level for some of those, some of those reasons. So. All right, when it comes to success, I don't need to tell you to raise your hand if you want it. I know you want it. The big problem is most people really don't know how to get it. And at the heart of it is really simple. It's getting from point A to point B in a happy state. Let's keep it simple, right? Problem is most times we don't know what point A is, okay? Sometimes we can't even lift our head up high enough to see point B. But this is all why I created the HPL assessment. HPL is short for High Performance Leadership, which should be your objective in life, no matter what it is that you're doing, right? But this is specifically for males, businessmen, entrepreneurs who are really trying to maximize their potential and master success. And if that's you, I want you to take the HPL assessment. Click this link right here and you'll get access to it and watch how it blows your mind. It's about 30 questions, take you maybe 10 to 15 minutes to take it. But I promise you the insight that you'll get will be life changing. Do it now. Don't delay. Fix your crown. Rule the day. Wow. Do you um, now being uh, on the investment side of things, do you feel that you have a clearer view or do you feel that, I think you kind of get where I'm going with the question, but um, do you feel that you, you, you maybe see clearer than the entrepreneur does in some aspects or do you feel that mm. you're, you know, you're feeling, feeling your way just like they are? No, I hope I'm not. I hope neither of us are completely feeling our feeling our way, True. right? I mean, if I, you know, again, because now you're talking about investment, so mm-hmm. so, um, um, no, look, I, I think the earlier stage a company is, the more risk you're clearly taking, and and you know, the to some extent, the investment models are built that way. It's why you tend to invest in in a fund and a series of companies because you know you just know there's going d- despite. The best efforts, some of those companies just aren't going to make it to the level that you would like them to. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality of, of that type of early stage investing. But again, there are things you absolutely look for. Some of the things we've already been talking about, right? So you, for me, you're, you're, you're certainly looking for a market that's a big market that where the solution is, is a competitive advantage and potentially game-changing. So it's basics like that. But, but in many cases, it definitely comes down to the horse or the horses that, you know, that, that team. And as we've been talking about, I think for me anyway, I, I, I look for, for folks that are this interesting mix of confident about what they're doing, really understand their model. So they're, they're knowledgeable, they're confident, but again, humble enough to say, I don't necessarily have all the answers. And to some extent, that's why I'm asking not just for your investment, but your help in helping me grow. Because the biggest thing with those companies, as we said, they got to get past the entrepreneur and the first that even the first one or two folks that they're involved in. And if you don't start with that approach, you're probably going to have a hard time recruiting people to the table with you. Mm-hmm. In which case, you're not you're not going to you're not going to scale. Um, and you know you're looking for passion and and hard work and all of that stuff. But but for me, it's this really interesting interesting nuance between confidence and, and humility. And I think you can, I think you can show both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, my mentor, Ty Lopez talks about the fact that, um, you're really looking in a person, you know, cause you, when you talk about investing, he's an investor. When we talk about investing, you're really, um, talking about people investing in people more so than totally. a business. No, totally. 
and he yeah. says, uh, the, the, the thing that, you, you know, if you're a young guy in high school, at that time, how, you know, if you had to make an investment in someone to reap a return, a lifetime return on your investment, how do you know who to choose? It's not the valedictorian. It's not the most popular. It's not the job. <laughs> how do you know who to choose, you know? And he said, it's actually the person that asks why. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, a, I, I mean, that's, that, that's great advice. And by the way, the, you know, the same thing is true in, in uh, community work as well. The same thing's true of mm -hmm. people in elected office. Um, so I think those traits are, are, are similar and, and, and common in any type of leadership, any type of leadership role. Absolutely. Right? So. I don't think it's unique actually to, um, to entrepreneurs, but obviously you asked the question in the context of, of investment. Mm -hmm. How do you think, I guess, diving a little bit more into your personal life, you, husband, father, how many children you have? I have two, two daughters. Okay. Uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Allie, is, is 19. Mm -hmm. And my youngest daughter, Samantha, turns 17 in about a week. Now two they're, girls. They're at that age. I'm curious to know this. I'm curious uh, here to know we this. Go. I know, right? <laughs> Um, so I know that you said one of them is in college. Oh. Is she bent on college or is she more entrepreneurial? Does, does she really desire to, you know, be a college student or or, she, or have you rubbed off on her regarding entrepreneurship where she's like, eh, I'd rather go and get a mentor and That's interesting. I don't I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not and I'm not so sure she knows yet. And I think what I well, I think what both my Stacy and my wife and I try to tell her is that that it's okay to not have it all figured out at 19. Actually, I mean, I when I was a college sophomore, I was still pre-law, thinking I was going to be a lawyer. Wow. So, you know. Understood. So I, you know, I think to me, to some extent, college should be it. What I try to encourage her to do is, uh, she's got a major. I think she really loves public relations, and and which would be, you know, my actually I have a master's degree in communications. Okay. Um, so I mean, I. You know, that's a road that I've, I've followed a bit. So um, I think she's still figuring it out around, around you know, so I think every year or every few months she gets a little narrower and narrower. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's okay. I, I would not, there is no way. And I admire people who actually can say at 18 they had a path and then you talk to them 35 years later and, and they've actually followed that path. My life experience is not a straight path. So it's real for me again. It goes back to learning and listening, and and some of this is luck as well, obviously. But but you know, really seeing where your expertise lie, where your passion lies, and and taking those opportunities when they come, and then you know, making the most, absolutely making the most of them. And that's really, I think, what we you know what we try to do with with our girls and leave it up to them. And I think you know, same thing, same thing is true of my younger, absolutely, my younger daughter. Absolutely, we are obviously talking to other men that are husbands, fathers, what has been the biggest thing for you? To me, a father is a high-performing leader, okay? So from that perspective, what has been some principles or something that you live by that you've seen is stuck true? Well, I think there's no doubt your children watch what you do and who you are, right? So I, I, I do think you... I mean, hopefully my wife and I live our lives in a way that our daughters, I think they do, uh, say, you know what, I, I you know, admire my parents. I mean, my, my kids do see the work, you know, they do see the work I do in the community and volunteer work and the things I'm involved in. And, and I see them inching towards some of that. I see them asking me questions about, uh, about that, which I think is great. And young people, you know, in general right now, I find are so interested and focused and concerned about the community, the nation, the yeah. world in, in, in different in different ways. And frankly, in some areas that I don't necessarily mm. agree with their thought, but I love that they're exploring that. And so if they've taken some of that from from myself and Stacy, I think that's great. But honestly the other thing we've we've really tried to do with them is within those those kind of boundaries, give them give them some room. Yeah. Give them some room. Um, don't and again, I, I, I never give 
parenting advice to anybody else. Because again, I think we all find our own way for us. And I, I think because I was raised this way as well. I think if you give them, give them some parameters, give them some boundaries, right? I think both my girls know that mom and dad are a safety net for them if, you know, God forbid something really happens. Um, and, and I think that's why they, they're so open with us. But uh, I think you got to let them, particularly this age, I think you, you got to let them explore who they are and what they want out of their lives, not what you want for them out of their lives. Because ultimately, you know, the last person I see every night when I look in the mirror is me, mm-hmm. right? And, and they will, and they will too. And I think that's important. Beautiful. Well said. Um, again, guys, if you are um, tuning in to this live or even afterwards, feel free to make a comment and we'd love to hear from uh, anything that you may have to say. Um, Rob, I'm enjoying this, man. Thank you. You are dropping some Happy gold. to be here. Absolutely. Um, I guess we, we, you know, make another pivot. And now where I really want to know, you and I were having a conversation about uh, socially and how economic, I'm sorry, how entrepreneurship can be impactful socially. I know we kind of like dabbed around it a little bit in the conversation mm. today, but yeah. hitting on some real issues, some real topics. Um, I remember you asked me blatantly, you know, Mark, how much does your plat how much how much of your platform do you use um regarding the social tension that we have going on today? And and I was frank with you. I said I honestly don't do it. I don't I really don't speak unless spoken to in that capacity. Yeah. But um I, I, I said that I do believe entrepreneurship is the way, truth, and light to carving out opportunity for an individual. And do you have do you have some input? Some well, listen, I certainly I certainly agree with with that. I think if you so so, and we, and we did talk about this uh, when we were you know talking last week. I, I, I view entrepreneurship now and the power of it in in, in two ways, both the impact on a person. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, sort of their surrounding people, the folks, and and then the broader community. There is no doubt, and I'm a you know fortunate product of it, mm-hmm. that entrepreneurship is, uh, and and obviously you know may not be for everyone, but if you think of if you think of the challenges we face right now around income inequality, um, and and broad-based prosperity and opportunity not being available to everyone uh, perhaps at the same level. Entrepreneurship is definitely a, a way to to change that. It's not the only way, mm-hmm. but it's it's an important one because it is, there was a book I read years ago. It was called The Millionaire Next Door. Yeah, of course. Right? And if you, and it said the profile of The Millionaire Next Door, was they, they generally were one of two things. Mm-hmm. They either owned a lot of real estate, which goes back to the importance of homeownership, mm-hmm. Or they were a business owner. Yep. Those are the the historical past: black, white, male, woman, Jewish, Catholic, gay, straight. We you know. Just look at the numbers. That's generally the path, or one of the strongest paths to creating that type of personal wealth. Um, and by the way, when you're able to do that, you generally are also creating a lot of opportunity and a lot of and wealth for other people Absolutely. as well, right? I mean, again, at the company I was part of, we created. A, a lot of really high paying jobs and a lot of economic opportunity for people. Mm. And frankly, in a part of the community in Orlando that, that needed some of that, some of that, that growth, right? So, so scalable entrepreneurship creates a lot of opportunity for the entrepreneur, but, but cascades into the community in a major, in a major, major way. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind about that. On a broader level though, I absolutely believe that and it's why I spend a lot of my time where I spend right. my I, I spend my time. Um, that if you look at where we are as a world, as a society, from this community uh, more more broadly, there are just some nagging issues that we continue to to face. Mm. And I think that the creativity and the innovation of entrepreneurship is absolutely at the heart. Of, of solving those because I don't think that in and of itself government or big business, the private sector or the philanthropic sector in and of themselves in the world we now live in and the complexity of the world we, we, we live in can solve those problems. So, so to me, 
that sort of entrepreneurial spirit and those entrepreneurial solutions are absolutely critical. And, and in many cases, the solution often lies in bringing those three groups together to solve, to solve problems. And I think that's how we're going to have to make traction over the next 50 to 50 to 70 years. Um, and again, that's what I, you know, that for whatever I can, that's what I, I try to do and really where I try to push my efforts. That's why even when we talk about elected office and, and, and politics, um, obviously having done it, but, but I, actively often talk about the importance of, of people from the business community, from the entrepreneurial community, in my case, from technology or healthcare to get into the arena. Mm -hmm. um, because you bring different thinking to that conversation Absolutely. than the people that traditionally are. And, and that's not a negative to the people who've devoted their lives to being elected officials and work in government and work for nonprofits. It's not at all. It's just a, it's just a, a seat at the table that isn't generally in those rooms that I think we would all benefit if there were more of those folks in the room. I love it. Um, uh, I, I posted this the other day about where innovation comes from. Innovation doesn't come from the individual who got a doctor's degree in a specific field, learning or even a master's degree. It actually comes from the person who has nothing to do with that field and brings their experience into that field and offers a different perspective on it. And that's exactly what what you just said. Yeah, I'll give you another example. I mean, I, I know this is your your audience is largely men, but but if you look at some of the efforts around right now around diversity, yes. whether it's whether it's gender diversity or, or racial diversity, there's another great book. It's called the the Medici Effect, mm. and it is again scientific study, and it talked about innovation. It was all about it, how to innovation happens, and they said that that innovation generally happens when it starts from having people around the table mm -hmm. with different backgrounds and expertise. Yes. And if you're all thinking about things the same way, there's only so far you can go with, you can go with innovation. Um, and that, that's sort of my point too about, you know, people in, in, in government and government as well. In all aspects of life, that diversity, I think, enriches the conversation and leads and leads to better solutions. Um, so I think a lot of our conversation and, and the, the diversity conversation isn't always about innovation, mm -hmm. right? It's about other, other important things that, that need to be discussed. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, that in a, the result of that will be, if done correctly, hopefully, will be, will be some innovation and some different thinking um, and more entrepreneurial thought, which again, I just think is super critical right now. Is it a practical way that we can, you know, 10,000 foot view is what we're we talking around. Is it something yeah. practical that the average everyday business owner, leader or entrepreneur can apply to help him be more innovative? Yeah. Is well, look, it comes down to where we started before, right? So first let's start with, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. You don't have all the answers. And, and um, so who else do you need to surround yourself with as you build your team? And, and build that in the, in, with people that have different skill sets and different expertise that you that fill your gaps. You don't need five or 10 other people that think and act and know all the things that you, that you know. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, again, that's a really going back to investing and, and success of companies. That is a huge piece, particularly as you think about growing from small, uh, really early stage to the, the big one. You know, you may have a founder team that they're, you know, they're all the techie guys, right? Because um, they develop the right. solution in a technology company. Well, at some point they need, you know, they need a salesperson. They need a business-oriented person. And, and if they don't realize that, that's a real, that's a really big, big challenge. So, so in that case, innovation and success are very much tied together. But, but that, it, it starts, it starts from there. And... Uh, you know, then of course recognizing and rewarding and, and helping those people and helping those people grow. But um, as we keep coming back to, a lot of it starts with just being comfortable that I don't have all the answers, and maybe there are some other people that can help me get to those answers to move our business, our cause, our mission. Again, all of this we're talking about it largely from a business perspective, but it's true of other 
aspects Absolutely. of life as as well. Absolutely. All right. All right. So this is COVID season, right? And you know, one of the things we don't think about in business is how to actually expand in times of calamity or times of chaos. And the answer is really simple, okay? Grow you. Keep it simple. Grow you. There has never been a time I've invested in myself that I have failed to scale growth in the seasons to come. And that's why we created the King's Code. Listen, where else can you find 12 weeks of high-performance leadership coaching, <laughs> a three-day, four-night vacation, and the study of psychology, understanding leadership, and understanding how you function best in a group of other high-performing male leaders. Like, where else do you get an opportunity at that? I live by something. Fight to get into the environment that creates the results you desire. We've established here at the King's Code and a, a, a culture, an environment that breeds high-performing male leaders. We call them kings. I wanna invite you for that same opportunity. Click the link below, subscribe, and I'll send you a free masterclass for men talking about the five power moves of high impact. Click the link. Don't delay. Fix your crown. Rule the day. So we're hitting on some big topics here and some uh, critical issues, especially regarding the mindset of an entrepreneur. And so with that, you know, um, we, we walked away pretty much talking about uh, innovation and what's required behind that. And it's something that I use a lot. If I'm sure you guys, um, my following, you know, I push masterminds heavily, um, getting around other entrepreneurs who are in other industries, doing other things. Obviously we talked about um, mentors here as well and reading, man, pick up a book and read, you know, YouTube, TED, 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 uh, TED talk shows, everything. I don't know what TEDx is, but TED talks, I, I know what that is. <laughs> I think TEDx is like mini TED, okay. right? Regional TED. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, so I wasn't too far off there. No, All right. I, it's like AAA TED. There it is. <laughs> but, you know, fighting to educate yourself, staying in that unknown state that you hear us keep talking about. And, but do understand that along with that, there is a, you know, uh, there, there is, um, there's going to be a torrential downpour and it's going to look like discomfort, you know? And so, <laughs> um, what, what, what is, what is it that maybe you can speak from your own experience? Maybe you can, you know, be general and talk around some things that an individual might be expecting or look for when it, when it comes to inviting in that innovation. Well, you know, I hate to be repetitive on some of this stuff, but it's it okay. definitely, it definitely starts with this mindset of being open, right? Mm -hmm. Being, being open to it. And, and because I think from there you, you, you seek opportunity, you seek counsel from other people, and, and from that solutions, you know, solutions will, 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 will come. Mm -hmm. um, now, innovation and tough times, you cut, you sort of, you know, blended. you sort of hit on, you blended those two, right? And they're two different things. Now, sometimes you need to pivot or innovate around a tough, uh, a, a tough, a tough time. But mm -hmm. every business, uh, you know, again, the business I was, involved in and businesses I'm still involved in, they're not, they're not straight lines. You, right. you know, people sort of look at the beginning point and the end point and they say, well, look what happened. Look, amazing. How easy was that? Mm -hmm. Well, not at all. Not at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, not at, not at all. I mean, there were, there were times where we were, you know, close to not surviving as just like, in, you know, in, in any business. And in those cases, I think what, you know, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some financial basics around the importance of protecting, cash when you can, right? Um, uh, we've seen a lot of that in the pandemic. One of the things we've done with a, with all of our companies in the incubator is we worked with all of them. We have a bookkeeper on staff. Oh, wow. And we went through the income statements and the balance sheets of all of these companies and really had a cash conversation. Awesome. Cash matters. Yeah. Right? Cash allows you to survive a lot of things, particularly in early stage where you don't necessarily have access to easy bank financing. And, um, or may not have been able to, you know, didn't apply for a PPP or don't have financial financial backers. So I mean, there's, you know, there's just some real fundamental things around that. And then, you know, often you've got to make some tough decisions. I mean, um, you may have to let some people go, as painful as as that is. I think at the end of the day, the survival of the business is is critical, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the steps that you need to be able to do to get you to the other to the other side? Mm -hmm. 
what new revenue opportunities can you create? We had, we, again, we, you know, several companies, we were talking about a company earlier that I love to talk about. They're in our downtown incubator. It's a company called ViewStub mm -hmm. and they, um, they help monetize, uh, virtual conferences, yeah. right? Which sounds like such a no brainer now, but, but last year, right. what they were doing was fairly novel. They'd come up with a concept that basically uh, they would go to conferences and say, hey, you might only have capacity for 200 at your conference, but if there's 300 people that want to come, let us help you monetize the other the other 100. Mm -hmm. And so they, they had the basis of a solution in place, but they quickly after COVID pivoted to mm -hmm. be able to really take advantage of, which is not a great some a situation that's terrible situation for the traditional conference industry, but it's allowed them to really grow and scale. So you listen. You need to see those opportunities Absolutely. and and leverage and leverage them. And, and as I said, I think that comes from an, an open mind and and surrounding yourself with a with a strong team that you can brainstorm and think about these things. It, I'll tell you, it's actually one of the things for all of the productivity that people talk about with Zoom. Mm -hmm. I actually think for early stage companies where their culture is growing and their business models are, are adapting. I think Zoom is, I, I, I think they lose a lot by not being face-to-face. -face. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, another the CEO or the you know, the other member of an executive team hearing what's happening on a sales call mm -hmm. or, you know, two people just walking down the office, you know, walking down the hallway and saying, hey, come on in here, let's whiteboard, whiteboard this. Mm -hmm. And as, as, as effective as those virtual tools can be, that dynamic is not perfected. I think in a larger company, when culture is set and tasks tasks are a little more are are defined for folks, I see how that could work. Certainly, it works in a lot of technology jobs and, and coding and things like that. But where you're where you're really trying to innovate, and you're really trying to build culture, which is what happens in a lot of earlier stage companies, I, I think I, I think being face to face and having even just the sort of interaction Absolutely. that we're having really matters. And I. We'll be interested to see what happens, but but I I I think we we're certainly encouraging our companies and our incubators and our accelerators to you know try to have some of that that contact because it's so critical. Mm -hmm. um, because every day is a different day. Yeah, every true. day is a different day. True. And and I know when we were offset, you know, um, it, it got juicy when we went offset. But <laughs> <laughs> are you recording that? <laughs> like our, our blooper our blooper right <laughs> but you, you heard the true investor come out and you know he keeps harping on it but that's because he there he's giving you clues and don't feel like you have to have this thing all together and i don't care if you're a small business i don't care if you're a mid-sized business we just watch big businesses fall okay like don't dare think that you got this thing together or that you have it figured out or that you're um, untouchable to any to any measure okay this the the principles he's giving are sound and they are they are timeless and that's really what you're looking for you know and and to that degree you know let's doing doing some introspection a little bit um when you think of the term high performing leader what comes to mind for you well, it's definitely, it, listen, it's definitely someone who has a, a vision in what they're trying to accomplish, um, uh, can articulate it. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to what we talked before about really showing some competence and some, some confidence in, in what they're doing. But I think the, 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 whether we want to call it humility or, or, or inner confidence in themselves to be able to recognize that they don't necessarily have all the answers all the time and that's okay. And, and the success of what they're trying to do in their business is really very much contingent upon making sure that the people around them, right, that they're listening to their customers. We, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about customers in this, mm -hmm. uh, in this discussion, but customers are, are a critical Huge. part of that, right? Um, at the end of the day, you have to sell something to yes. somebody, right? Someone's got to buy what you want mm -hmm. uh, in most businesses. Mm -hmm. Right. And so are you listening to what your customers are telling you and adapting it into your business? Mm -hmm. Have you have you built the team around you that that allows you to deliver what that what that customer needs, that gives you the feedback mm -hmm. that you need? Are do you have a peer mentoring mm -hmm. 
group or a group of mentors. Um, because look, I, I also know sometimes when you are, you know, if you're running a company, for example, there may be some things you don't feel comfortable sharing with your, even folks that you're partners. Yes. So you've got to have other networks, whether it's friends, whether it's peer mentors. It's why I love this, this YPO organization I've been in for 15 years, mm. because they're, they're all folks who've kind of been in the same boat. And why when, I, when I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to develop a mentor relationship, I cherish those relationships mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I know when the, you know, I'm gonna use profanity, so when the crowd, <laughs> when the church, when, when, you know, when it, and it hits when it the hits fan, the I, I know who I need to call. Absolutely. Right? And, and to me, those are the things I look for in a, in a high-performing high leader. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the ability to recognize the need for interdependence. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, and it's hard, right? Yeah. It's hard because, you know, particularly in smaller companies where you're the founder and mm -hmm. it, it all starts with you <laughs> and, and, and there's, a, there's, there's some ego involved. And by the way, a lot of that is also those are the positive strengths of mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, right? That's sort of, I can run through any wall. Yeah. Like when you need that, yeah. it, I mean, you, you, you need that confidence. You need that. Don't tell me. Listen, the worst thing you can tell me mm -hmm. is that I can't do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, you want to get my back up, <laughs> tell me I can't do something. So I I get that. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to position the conversation we're having around this sort of well, I'm not really sure mm -hmm, what do you mm -hmm, think? Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, leaders have to be decisive and make decisions and and leaders strong leaders also there there is an element of that sort of I can do things that no one else can do. Yes. It's just the balance of, of also being mean. comfortable. Yes, I think I can go through that wall, but I know I need a couple of the people mm -hmm. to help me, you know, help me with hammers mm -hmm. and chisels to get to get through it. I don't have to put um, expression that um, a mentor that we've talked about a lot in this meeting, uh, in this conversation, told me he would say, "Why would you want to put another one of those rocks in your knapsack? Mm. Rocks are heavy. Why would you? That's not a rock. There are certain rocks you have to put in your knapsack mm -hmm. because only you can do those things." Mm -hmm. But not all of them. They don't yeah. all have to be in your in your knapsack. They're, you're gonna fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what? Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I think that um, for me, is being is being able to realize that every one of my strengths innately have a weakness. Abs everyone. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Everyone's strength is also to some extent their weakness if they allow it. Absolutely. If they allow it to move to an extreme. That's absolutely, absolutely right. And the I recognition of that again is something that. Only I think a high performing leader mm. gets to yeah. in them in themselves. I fight to make I make people, I mean my wife on down. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? And be frank and be honest with me about yeah. where I can grow and where I can yeah. improve. And that's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, no one likes to hear that. Right. I, I still I my wife would probably tell you, what are you being so defensive about? <laughs> I mean, so uh, you know. I gave my wife a 360 appraisal on me. What? <laughs> I was created. I was created. You're, you're a higher performance leader than I am. Man. I'm not so sure I want to sit through a 360 from my wife. Better be a couple of cocktails. <laughs> you're a better man than me. See, you. I should be interviewing you. That's. I gave her a 360. I do it probably twice. If I can, I do it. Try to try to do it twice a year. My employees as well. Anyone, my downline, my upline. Yeah. You know, but yeah, absolutely. Um, well, by the way, that's another important thing you mentioned. You know, leaders have the ability to manage, I hate to use up and down, but yeah, you're yeah, yeah. up, down, and across, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 will, I will tell you, um, when I assess more, you know, more, more advanced leaders, um, you really want to test someone's management ability, their leadership ability, go manage a nonprofit board. Mm. Because think about it, you're a volunteer. Mm -hmm. You are surrounded by people around the table who are also volunteers, so they don't need to follow you, they don't mm -hmm. need to be there. And by the way, they're just as smart and powerful yeah. as you are. It, yeah. Right? And so, you know, your vision of the mission may be different than staff's vision of the mission, may mm. be different than the other board members. So your ability to be effective mm. when no one really needs, it, it's a little bit easier sometimes to tell people what to do when you're signing their paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not signing anybody's paycheck in a nonprofit board situation. And so I have, 
Those are great leadership. Mm -hmm. Those are great leadership tests. If someone can accomplish something as a nonprofit board leader mm. or a nonprofit board member, that speaks volumes. It's hard. It's yeah. yes. Yeah. It's a good test. It's a really good test of someone's management ability. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I like to make this comparison of manhood to, to the actually to the game of chess. Think about it, you know, there's this king, he has this kingdom that he has to protect. Right, he has. Um, he, he's trying to actually overtake another, or gain, or grow as an individual. So there's two elements at play here constantly. He's either building or he's defending, and that's the same thing that you experience every single day in your life. Either you're building or you're defending, right? And and if there's one thing that we should agree on about something, you should always be building. It's your character as a man. We call that manhood. So I wrote this book called The Four Stages of Manhood. And yeah, I'm pressing this on you right now because I know it's going to change your life. I have a school, it's changed the lives of my students. I have parents, I have <laughs> brothers and sisters, I have nieces and nephews, I have an influence just like you do, and it's changed people's lives. And I wanted to do the same thing for you. All right, click the link below, get the book. Mark Neesman signing out, Fix Your Crown, Rule the Day. Finishing up on this intro, introspective flow we're on. You at 22. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> what do you say to him? Well, this is kind of like the question you asked me about my, my, my daughter, daughter, which I told you before. I, don't, I, don't, I never got asked that. But I think I told you before. I mean, I, the people who, who sit here now, so 22 would be 31, almost 32 years from me. I'm almost 54. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know whether when people say, oh, when I was 22, I, I don't quite know whether to actually believe them or not because candidly, there is, I don't know how much of me at 22 I recognize with me at 54. I mean, I really, you know, I really don't. I think, I, I think that uh, um, clearly there was, there, there was this very optimistic spirit, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the core of, of, I'm still the same person in many, right? I mean, I would hope, but. Um, so I think the advice I would give to myself at, at, at 22 is probably very similar to the advice I'd give to my daughter, who my both my my, my daughters, because I at 22 I was not you know I was probably in, in, in somewhat of a similar. Zone. I just I was let's see I just graduated graduate school by then. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to not have it all to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. That life will present you with some different paths. Be open to them, mm -hmm. and if they're true to who you are. You know, take them, Dave. take take them. But um, there wasn't a lot of clarity for me at 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 at, at twenty two. Yeah. I mean, life was different. I mean, it was per personally, professionally, it was just a very different time. So I, I think that's the advice I would give. No different than I would give to my my kids. Just you got a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Don't don't put so much pressure on yourself to have it all figured out. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You're smart. <laughs> you're smart. You're you know. You're driven. You're hardworking. You're a good person. Just do you think cut you, yourself some slack? Do you think you will follow you right now? Say that again. Do you think right now you're 22? Do you think you would follow you? Do you think you would be intrigued enough to make you your mentor? <laughs> I feel like I'm on Oprah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know that my 22-year-old would uh, know what to make of me. My life was very different. I, uh, my my mom, my my, I didn't grow up in a house that actually was very community involved. Uh, my stepdad, my parents were divorced. I grew up with my my mom and my stepdad. I had a great relationship with my dad. Um. um my stepdad uh, was uh, uh, owned a couple of small pharmacies, mm. and so he played a role in the community by giving, you know, giving jobs. And and but, and so he was, you know. So I have a lot of respect. I've always had this this soft spot in my heart for the Main Street mm. business owner because I see what they do in communities. I remember that when the woman came in and couldn't afford her prescriptions, that he'd say, "Don't worry about it. Just yeah. take care of me next week when you get wow. you get your paycheck." So, so, but I don't think that I recognize that that community 
pull or what that meant to me until much later. Mm. I think at 22, the only thing I was really thinking about was uh, the girl that I had just met who I was going to become engaged to and become yeah. my wife uh, around that, just right around, right around that, that time. And how do I get my career started? Mm -hmm. And I was living in New York city and right. Different culture, different time. So I don't know that, I don't know that uh 22 year old me would have looked at 54 year old me and said, I mean, he might've thought he was an interesting guy, but I, I hope, but I don't know that he would have said that's a path I want to go on because the life experiences in between that have more led to the path that I've I've been on, which is why I go back to saying what I would tell my 22-year-old, yeah. like I tell my 19 and 17-year-old is don't, I mean, if you've got it all figured out, God, God bless, mm -hmm. but it, life's, you know, life will present you with so many different challenges, opportunities, people, yeah. just be open to them and, and be true to yourself and take the ones that, that, that seem right seem right to you so true statement my life's kind of like shoots and ladders it's i not, think that everyone's <laughs> is though I, I mean there is no like you and you said it twice already there is no clear-cut path to this thing so wrapping up thanks again for showing up thanks again for pouring in and what is something you want to leave the community with um you mentioned the rally well, I think just in just in general, I love the fact that you're you know you're having these these conversations about the importance of entrepreneurism and innovation. And again, whether that means just for you personally, for your own personal growth, or for your the business your business growth, and and you know taking care of your families and and feeding people and creating jobs, which mm -hmm. God bless. We need particularly as we sit here tonight, right? We need more. We need more and more of that. In my heart bleeds for a lot of these small businesses out there right now, which are just, just suffering. And, and some of the, some of the industries, particularly the ones here in Orlando that are just so struggling. Right? We talked about a mutual friend of ours earlier today, earlier yeah. and how amazing job he's done and just getting through, getting, getting through this. So I'm trying to get him in here too. Maybe he could he'd be great. Throat. I'll yeah. talk to him. He'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, and again, he, yes, he would be wonderful. Um, so the fact that you're this, this is a good time to be having conversations about entrepreneurism because um, in times like this, I, I think entrepreneurism can be a path for people and 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 for the ones that already have businesses, to the extent that you're helping them, you know, keep the fight going and keep their businesses going. That's a great thing. That's what I try to do with with some of the things I'm I'm involved in. And and um, as I said earlier, I, I also think there's a higher calling or mission around uh, innovation and, and particularly with, with entrepreneurship. So um, to the extent that you've got folks in your circle who are listening to this, you know, stay involved in your, get involved in your, in, in your community, bring some of that entrepreneurial thinking to the, you know, the nonprofit board that you're on. I, I, I joke sometimes that it amazes me that you get these really smart entrepreneurs. They join these nonprofit boards mm -hmm. and like they, they check their, they check their entrepreneurial spirit at the door. They think they're there to provide a governance mm. boat and to write a check. Mm -hmm. Not all of them, but, but I, I, it always has surprised me. Mm. Go bring that entrepreneurial Absolutely. innovation and spirit to making that the mission of that nonprofit better and stronger, right? Get involved in, 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 the, local, in the local community. If Absolutely. you've got time and you can mentor another entrepreneur, um, to me, it's one of the most gratifying things I agree. that I do. I love, I love talking to other people. I love learning from them. I love listening to business models. Mm -hmm. So I mean that'd be the biggest the biggest message that I would leave to your 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 crowd tonight. That I mean I love what you're doing with 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 folks and and the message you're sending out and and um, hopefully they could take advantage of it. If if there are any anyone who's listening to this that that has a, a social enterprise idea mm -hmm. that they're trying to scale and trying to grow, then uh, um, yeah, please apply for our rally our rally accelerator. You can go to uh, rally sea. Dot com or Mark can you know Mark can send you the contact yeah. information. Um, we've helped some amazing companies that are are making money while they're focusing on cleaning waterways and or fixing human trafficking or or um, uh, uh, digitizing digitizing edu ed education um, or or uh, helping create jobs for for women in Africa. Mm. Um, these are just the most amazing, inspiring entrepreneurs to me. So if, if there's anyone like that in your audience who, who wants to learn more about what we're doing, come aboard. Or, um, you know, if anything we're doing at UCF and the incubators can be helpful, then, then we're always taking we're always taking more companies, more companies there. But 
Um, the biggest message I leave is just just take that entrepreneurial knowledge and spirit and passion and just apply it to apply it to all aspects of your life, not just not just your business. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, man. We really appreciated it here. And until next time, everyone out there, right. fix your crown and rule the day. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I really hope that you're enjoying yourself. Listen. If you are out to maximize your potential and master success, if you're a high-performing male leader, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, if you're an influencer and you're really desiring to scale growth, this is the place for you. And I'm super elated to have an opportunity to pour into your life. I'm gonna continue to do my part to bring you massive content. I'm gonna continue to do my part to bring in high-performing male leaders that can give you tips and insight to help you continuously scale growth in your life. And I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to click the button below. And if you have any suggestions of what it is that you think we should have on the show, listen, send us an email, okay? Here's the link right here that you can send it to, all right? Fix your crown and rule the day. I, cool. I, so I know right I, in the office. Absolutely. I know that my uh our uh the High Performer Male Leaders Association, which is you guys helped to sponsor this to Rob, but on it it says uh this award is given on behalf of the High Performance Male Leaders Association as a tribute to your dedication to master success in manhood, business, and leadership. So thank you for your time. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys be great. Fix your crown and rule the day. Till next time.